0: The following Dharma talk was given by Ron Hogan-Green. Hogan-sensei is a lay teacher in the Mountains and Rivers Order. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. The Tenth Grave Precept Experience the intimacy of things. Do not defile the three treasures. The one mind precept says, self-nature is inconceivably wondrous. It's called the precept of refraining from reviling the three treasures. When we take a precept, we study it, contemplate it, sit with it and be attentive to the practice of how this precept is upheld or how we might not be upholding it. We bring forth this and other precepts as a vow, a practice, exploration of our own Dharma understanding and the questions that naturally arise as we question and explore and apply them to the foundation of how we live our life. We recognize that our practice invites us con- continually to realize the non-dual dharma. This is why we practice. That this is the basis of all the precepts And we turn to applying however we understand a precept to the very specific situations we encounter in living in this complex and difficult world. And as we do the questioning, the practice, the contemplation, the sitting with, our understanding continuously deepens and enlarges. We can also appreciate our new perspectives of each precept which brings forth new challenges, questions on what right action is, right thoughts are, and right speeches. We take up the precepts as a guiding light to living a life that reflects deep respect for all others. Deep respect for all others. Non-dual. We deepen our practice and insight. We more and more encounter, first as a Dharma teaching, and then slowly, with deepening practice and attention to the precepts, to our own experience. Into the karma that we're beginning to realize that comes out of our actions, our speech, and our thought. And so, right before us, we face the question, what is true morality? This is a fundamental question of our life, how to live out of true morality. And given the complexities of no easy answers, how will we live in this world of obvious, endless suffering and endless others? As we study, we may decide at a point to get to dedicate our life to living as best we can in the embodiment of wisdom and compassion in the relative world, practicing with a bodhisattva intent. This is the practice and realization of the Buddha Way. Master Dogen sometimes talks from the perspective that there is a large difference between the very beginning, when we first start as a seeker, to the ultimate goal of living an awakened life as a bodhisattva. He speaks of the Buddhist path we travel as practitioners. Yet in the fundamental teaching of the precepts, Dogen emphasizes that our awakening and our practice is also one-wholeness, a three-dimensional circle of our life rather than a linear progressive line. It brings to mind the net of Indra, where in this case, Using our life as a reflection of the entire universe. Each moment, each piece of you will, of our being, of our experience of living, of what we do and our actions reflects and influences all the other parts of our being, all the other mirrors in the net of Indra. And I think although this is in some ways a a conceptual presentation, I think this is accurate. Dogen emphasizes the crucial point that each moment encompasses enlightenment and each moment of enlightenment encompasses practice. In other words, practice and enlightenment process and goal are inseparable. Within this non-separation is the nativity of our life. The nativity of our life. Think about that word. The entirety of all beings. With each moment of Zazen practice, you are realizing the entirety although it may take a lifetime or many lifetimes to realize enlightenment, in this instant of zazen, you are realizing it. In Dogen's words, you experience immeasurable hundreds of eons in one day, in one breath. And so it is in the study and in the practice of the precepts. Inevitably, as we practice Zazen and begin to experience the thinning out and then the forgetting of ourself within Zazen, inevitably, we wish to find out how to live in this world of disharmony And samsara, with the qualities of clarity and equanimity that can arise in Zazen, how can we actually function and live with a truly compassionate heart? The precepts of the guide, functioning in this relative world, resting on the realization of selflessness, resting on the wholeness of our true self. So we start our journey. I've spoken of the precepts in this general manner because this precept, experience the intimacy of things, do not defile the three treasures, in a sense, completes a circle that holds the entirety of how we might live reflecting all beings within the mirror of our selflessness. In this ceremony itself, there's a circle in which we start by acknowledging the harm that we've done and repenting for it and ending with taking refuge in the three treasures. Of course, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. In doing Fusatsu, we acknowledge that we create suffering caused by our own self-centered perspectives, perspectives of ourself as a separate from the world that we inhabit. We atone for the beginning is greed and anger that arise because of it. This is a ceremony of purification that repairs the wholeness and restores harmony for us and for all beings in the samsaric world. It ripples out. We don't know how. It doesn't make sense in a particular way, and the effects reach everywhere. And whether we understand it or not, it's a profound expression of our entire being. We do a renewal of vows, a rededication to live in accord with our own original, undefiled nature. We acknowledge the Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas that offer us refuge and enter a path that we may follow to help the vast suffering within this world. We take the bodhisattva vows and then take refuge in the three treasures. Implicitly and explicitly we are upholding the precept, experience the intimacy, do not defile the three treasures. There is much to explore, practice, and embody here. One way to understand how we enter this precept, and there are other perspectives as well, is from three different levels. A literal level, straight observation of the precept. We practice not to do anything to diminish the three treasures, but to support and to nurture them. As a follower of the way, we respect and honor the Buddha, encourage the unfolding of the Dharma, and do our best to nourish the Sangha. We take care with what we say, what we think, and what we do in the specific ways you and I live, through activities of our body, mouth, and thought, we take this up as our practice. A second perspective is a Mahayana perspective, which is always relational. We take responsibility for the consequences of cause and effect, the karma that we create or is created by a world that we're a part of, that we live in, that we contribute to. We take into account time, place, personal position, and the amount of action we do. We take up the skillful application of upaya, of skillful means, as we study How our actions and words, how our conditioned responses, and we are all conditioned, create karma and affect the three treasures, which of course is all phenomena, all of reality. Nothing is left out of the three treasures. Without denigrating our practice and being, we vow to put others' practice and others' realization before our own, always appropriate to the conditions and circumstances. But that is the vow. Another perspective is the intrinsic aspect of Buddha nature no separation. From the beginning, all beings, one mind. All of the precepts rest on this. That's what makes them ours. That's what makes them ours to explore in each of our individual lives. The practice and realization of one mind. So this is not arbitrary. And it is not a rule, because there's karma here. And so we must find our way in this. Self-nature is inconceivably wondrous. In the one dharma, not giving rise to dualistic view, views of sentient beings and Buddhas, it's called the precept of refraining from reviving the three treasures one mind. When we use our body, speech, and mind to uphold the precept, our wondrous Buddha nature flourishes and cherishes all beings. When we foster our greed, our aggression, our fearful ignorance, samsara flourishes. Master Dogen thus says, to live in the Dharma with a body, mouth, and mind is the refuge of the world. The virtue of this returns to the great ocean of true reality. It is inexpressible. Wholeheartedly revere and serve this. Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about our ongoing programs and residency opportunities, visit ZMM.org.